Hi, everybody. Welcome to PR Masters, a podcast series sponsored by the Stevens Group and Compro. I'm Art Stevens, your host. In this podcast series, we honor legends in the world of public relations, individuals who have left an indelible mark on the role and progress public relations has made in the world. Today's guest meets those qualifications. He is Jeffrey Charlack, who is the founder and chairman of the Jeffrey Group. I've known Jeff for a number of years and have marveled at the progress he's made in establishing a connection with Latin America. That's what his focus has been. He's chairman of Jeffrey Group, the Latin American Public Relations, Marketing Communications, and Public Affairs Agency that he founded in 1993. Jeff's got a whole bunch of senior management positions during a 15-year career in New York at such agencies as Roland, Sachi & Sachi, Bursa Marsteller, Carl Beyer, and that obviously qualifies him without question to be a PR master. He was trained as a journalist. He went to Northwestern University, and he also was an attorney. He got his JD from New York University. And he's developed and managed marketing and communications programs for global clients throughout the Americas, Europe and Asia. But his focus has been in Latin America. I should also note that since 2007, he's also been an adjunct associate professor of management communication, teaching in an MBA program at New York University School of Business. So, Jeff Sharlak, uh, an old-time friend, I welcome you to PR Masters, and how are you today? Very good, Art. Thanks for having me. I think you understated it a little bit when you said a number of years, since I believe you interviewed me for a job when I was in my 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so. Oh, what does that make me? 110. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not far behind, so. <laughs> well, Jeff, uh, you know, I've obviously followed your career, as many of us have in the PR industry, and uh, and marvel at how you have carved out really a, a, a totally new niche uh, involving, obviously, Latin America. So what I'd like to do, obviously, is ask you some uh, questions about, you know, how you came up with that concept, why you did and how you were able to carry it uh, forward. So tell us, tell us how it evolved, Jeff, uh, in, in, in your own words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, there were, like a lot, of people career, a lot of people's careers, there are a lot of unexpected twists and, and turns in mine. And, uh, you know, Art, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned I'm teaching at NYU in the MBA program. Before I was teaching in the MBA program, I was actually teaching undergraduates in the School of Business. And uh, I would meet these young people, and they were just very, very focused on a certain path, especially in the School of Business. You know, they were going to go work for one of these big finance firms, and they had everything mapped out in their head of what their career was going to look like. And uh, I, I would tell them my story because I wanted them to see how there are so many unexpected twists and turns over the decades and people you meet and things that happen that – that shape your career in very unexpected ways. And that's certainly what happened with me. Uh, I had an undergraduate degree in journalism from Northwestern, as you mentioned. And uh, after, uh, after that, I went to law school. This was right back in the Watergate era, and I was going to be uh, an investigative reporter. That was, that was a, hot, <laughs> a very hot uh, job at the time, very appealing to me. And I was going to go to law school and combine that with my, my journalism degree, and uh, while I was going to law school, I was working for WINS Radio here in New York. I was, I was a news writer. And uh, they actually offered me a full-time job after law school. 
uh, as a uh, producer in uh, for WINS, a special events producer, and that sounded very exciting to me, actually much more exciting than than a legal job or even the investigative reporter position that I, I thought I was going to be interested in. So I started doing that, and I probably worked there maybe two or three months, and a headhunter called me uh, about a job in the radio TV department of Carl Beyer, which was one of the big PR firms in the day. It later became part of, uh, of Hill & Knowlton, which of course ties into to my story uh, also 45 years later. But I, uh, I actually went for the interview and I got the job at, at Carl Beyer. And I had knew nothing about public relations, was not on my radar screen at all. And I went in there with the same job I had at, at WINS. I was a, a producer in the radio TV department. And that was how I ended up in the PR business. Just one phone call uh, from a headhunter saying, oh, look, you'll, you'll make a lot more money in PR than you will uh, working at a radio station. And uh, that's, that's how I ended up in the PR business, which was my career and has been my career uh, for the past 45 years, since 1977 was when I, I started working at Carl Beyer. Isn't it interesting, Jeff, how many of us got into public relations under the same circumstances? Uh, yeah, and especially uh, purely by accident. I knew nothing about public relations. Yeah. Yeah, and there were no at that time uh, there were no courses in public relations. There were no degrees in public relations. Uh, it was mostly of uh, people who came from the media business. Uh, at Carl Beyer, I was surrounded by all these people who had worked at uh, Associated Press and New York Times and some of the fledgling radio and TV networks at the time, and uh, you know learned a tremendous, tremendous amount about media from them. But yeah, most people I would say in those days ended up in the in the PR our business by accident. I mean, it had much lower visibility than it has today. And uh, you know, my entry into Latin America was the same sort of accidental uh, business opportunity. I had been working at uh, Saatchi and Saatchi, which at the time owned the Roland brand of, of PR, uh, which has now been subsumed into a lot of broken up and subsumed into a lot of other different agencies. But uh, at the time, it was, uh, I think we were about the fourth or fifth largest uh, agency in the world. And I had gone in uh, very early on in the, in the process, uh, and I was working on setting up their international network, not from the financial uh, acquisition stage, but once a, a company was identified and they came into the fold, then I would work on integrating them into our network, and uh, I would actually help select, uh, you know, interview acquisition candidates and, and work on that part of it. And that was how I got involved with Latin America. I don't, I don't speak Spanish or, or Portuguese, and I don't have any Latin family heritage, but um, I used to travel all around the world for them. And in 1991, they sent me to Latin America to talk to our uh, Sachi clients down there and talk to the affiliated agencies that we were working with, which were usually part of ad agencies that Sachi and Sachi had bought, and uh, put together a plan for how we were going to build out the affiliate network in Latin America. So in doing that, I was. Uh, this is in the early 90s, 1991, they sent me the first time, and I walked was going around to all the different cities, talking to different clients. And at the time, everyone was talking about putting together a, uh, a moving regional head, setting up regional headquarters in Miami. This was a very exciting time in Latin America, the early 1990s. You know, you had 
a lot of problems in that continent. Uh, during the 1980s, you had military uh, governments, you had curfews, uh, runaway inflation in a lot of markets. And by the 90s, everything had kind of calmed down, and all these global companies were very interested in Latin America. And the more I talked to them, the more there was a big focus on Miami. People were very interested in setting up regional headquarters in Miami. So I went back to uh, Saatchi and Saatchi, and I put together this whole plan explaining why we should open a Latin American headquarters in Miami. And uh, their response was pretty much, uh, well, you know, Miami's not even part of Latin America. Why would, we, why would we do that? And this guy doesn't even speak Spanish or Portuguese. Probably he didn't even understand what they were saying to him. So, <laughs> so they decided not to do it. And, uh, you know, I really believed in it. I thought this is a great business opportunity. And uh, I left my job in 1993 and here in New York, and uh, I went to Miami, and uh, I started my Latin American consulting business there. And, and the plan at the time was to uh, – I was going to teach at the University of Miami, which was something I had always wanted to do. I wanted to teach and found a position at the University of Miami. And uh, I wanted to write a book, and uh, I wanted to stop working full-time and – kind of be a consultant. My idea was I was going to sit on the beach and introduce all these clients in Miami to the people I knew from Saatchi in Latin America. And I was going to have a very, write my book, teach and have a very relaxing lifestyle. And uh, that's not exactly the way it worked out. I mean, uh, for, for, in a good way, I mean, within a, a year, uh, I was proven right because all these companies were opening Latin American headquarters in Miami and there was no one to service them. The Miami PR business, uh, you know, it was active, but it was a different kind of business. P uh, PR firms in Miami were doing uh, condo developments and uh, shopping yeah. malls, and it, nobody was doing international PR. So uh, it was a great opportunity for me, uh, even just being alone working out of my apartment, uh, to get a lot of clients because there was not a lot of competition. And... Uh, we grew very, very rapidly, and uh, probably within a year, I had stopped teaching. Uh, the book got put on hold, and uh, I had recreated just about everything I had left New York to get away from, uh, except now I had an ocean view, so that was that was a plus. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I was back in an office with fluorescent lights and dealing with clients and people, and uh, and I, 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 was, I was back in the thick of it. But, you know, in a very good way. I mean, we were growing very, very rapidly in, in those years in, in the 1990s. Very, very exciting time because Latin America was just ex exploding. Then. Yeah. So, Jeff, how exactly was the structure? Did, did did you own the firms in Latin America, or you were sort of like their representative? How did it actually work? It was uh, a very uh, you know loose confederation of people. Basically, I was I owned Jeffrey Group. I mean, Jeffrey Group was was Jeffrey and and one other person who spoke Spanish, and that was Jeffrey Group at the time. And um, I was working with the people I, I knew in Latin America. And initially, honestly, I was working with the Saatchi people I knew. And when I tried, I made some trips down there and I met with some other people and they're like, oh, who's this crazy gringo from Miami? Doesn't even speak <laughs> Spanish. And he's, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to send us some PR business. But uh, that, that turned around pretty quickly 
because probably within a, a, a few years, you know, we had some major, major clients uh, that that really helped us grow in the in the early days. Kodak, Mastercard, uh, Discovery Networks, uh, wow. you know, all took a chance on me, but we really grew with them as they grew in in Latin America. And um, I guess I'll have to tell your younger listeners who Kodak was, but they were a very big, <laughs> big, big brand at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we in short order, I mean, firms in Latin America were coming to us in Miami uh, and doing presentations why they should be our local service uh, partner mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. countries. So it wasn't a so- traditional affiliate setup, which a lot of companies use, because we didn't work with anyone exclusively. Uh, you know, we, we just worked with whoever we thought was best for a particular client. So in one country, it may be a consumer marketing expert and another country for a different client, it might be a financial services expert. And, um, and that model worked very, very well for the first few years, but then we had gotten so busy and we were, we had so much work. We were overwhelming these, these small firms we were working with. So we opened our first office in, in Buenos Aires in 1998 uh, at at the time, uh, no, 1996, wrong about that. 96 was Argentina, 97 was Mexico, and 98 we opened Brazil. And those are still today, uh, 30 years later, those are the three countries where we have uh, our own offices in Argentina, Mexico, and, and Brazil. You know, Latin America is, is an interesting place these days because of course, the initial excitement faded, uh, and uh, the, as the economies developed in these countries, what, we, what happened is that Mexico and Brazil grew to a point where even today, uh, most multinational companies and brands doing business in Latin America, probably 80%, 90% of their revenue is, is from uh, Brazil and Mexico. And that's true at Jeffrey Group as well. So people think of Latin America, oh, wow, all these countries. but in, in reality, the, the markets of Mexico and Brazil just dominate that, uh, mm-hmm. that continent. I guess I, I wouldn't have been aware of that until you told me that. But my question to you is, your operation was quite different from, say, mine, you know, where I had a public relations firm in New York, and I had, you know, at one point, 50 or 60 people working for me. They were all there. We had our own clients. Yours seems to be like a hybrid situation, you know, where it appears that clients would come to you uh, because they needed representation in Latin America, and you would find the firms. Uh, as you say, there was no exclusivity, that you would simply find the right firms for, you know, the right client. How right, did you but get they, paid? How did you get paid? Uh, they, <laughs> well, it worked uh, a little differently than the way you described it, because people hired us in Miami and they paid us in dollars. The first uh, probably 15 years of Jeffrey Group, we did all our billing in the U.S. in dollars, ah, okay. and okay. we had a, we also had a staff in Miami of about 45, 50 people in those days uh, that ran all the accounts. So you know, don't forget our the reason I set it up there was because all these companies had these Latin American headquarters in Miami. So we would typically get hired by a company like Discovery or MasterCard or Kodak, all of which had huge Latin American headquarters in Miami at the time. And they were paying us in dollars. You know, not speaking Spanish or Portuguese was not an issue because uh, a lot of the clients didn't even speak Spanish or Portuguese sometimes. Uh, And we did all our business in English. And we had a staff in Miami that would put together the programs and run them in all these different countries. I see. And in in a smaller country, 
we would just do everything. You know, in Miami, the whole staff was fluent in Spanish. And in a lot of the smaller countries, we would just send everything out from Miami, uh, you know, and do everything by, in those days, fax machine. (laughs) Uh, You know, we would send the news releases by fax, and they would send the clippings back by fax. And, uh, you know, in in the early 1990s, that was kind of magic uh, that you could, that a client could give you a news release on Monday. And uh, by Wednesday, you'd, you'd have clips back to them from uh, Buenos Aires or Sao Paulo or Rio. Uh, you know, that was, that was a, a technological wonder in those days. So, uh, you know, in the early days of Jeffrey Group, we would have a, a bank of oh, six, seven fax machines along one wall that were just going constantly, you know, faxing out news releases and the clips were coming back. And then we'd have all these people cutting and pasting all the clips. And of course, in those days, that, <laughs> wow, involved, wow. that, that involved scissors and, and paste, so a jar of paste. So, yeah, so the bulk of your work was uh, uh, essentially in media relations and getting media? Yes, or, and, and that's yeah. been a huge change in the business, as I'm sure you've seen as well. Uh, probably up until uh, about... Uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, 95% of our work was media relations. And today, uh, media relations accounts for maybe 30, 35% of our our work. And, um, you know, we've evolved. I was talking about, you know, the the fax machines and the cutting and pasting. You know, we were much more tactical and much more focused on the things. And I would say these days, uh, not only Jeffrey Group, but I think the entire business is much more focused on the thinking than the things. You know, it's not so much sending out the news release, it's whether you should send out a news release and what the news release should say. And all the critical thinking that goes into that process that clients are paying for. Because, you know, look, to send out a news release, all you have to do is, is press a button on a phone at this point. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's not a complex process. So I think the real value that, that agencies like ours and the PR agencies in general offer is in terms of the strategic thinking these days and not in terms of the the execution. But uh, the other big change for us is, so I mentioned at one time we had, you know, 50 people in, in Miami and we had, a you know, a handful of people in our own offices. And we used to tell people, you know, don't get local business, just worry about taking care of our big regional clients. And that model has totally flipped. <laughs> Uh, today, we're about 335, 340 people uh, in um, six owned offices, uh, and we are uh, probably in Miami, we're down to about 10 people, uh, probably four of whom are HQ people who are working on finances and operations. And the regional accounts are very, very small. I mean, almost no one runs a regional headquarters anymore in Miami. Uh, very few clients do that. Uh, regional headquarters are just, you know, very few companies now. Now they have a headquarters and then they have their uh, operations, but they don't have, you know, different headquarters around the world. There's, there's no need for that anymore. Um, would you, would you say that, that uh, Latin America has become even more important today than it was when you first started it? I think it's, it, I think it, it, it's, it's a split. I think Mexico and Brazil are huge markets. I mean, uh, you know, Brazil, you have over 225 million people. Mexico, about 125 million. I mean, those are huge markets, big middle class, big consumer markets. 
you know, and, and they're such huge markets that the clients that we work with, uh, you know, the, the Fortune 500 companies, global brands, those companies are, are sticking around. I mean, they've been in Latin America for a long time, and, and they're going to stay in Latin America. They've been through a lot of ups and downs, you know. As Jeffrey Group has, you know, in in 2001, when when there was a, a big upheaval in Latin America, the Argentine economy tanked, and all these marketing firms. Uh, that was the first internet bubble burst, and, uh, and then of course things weren't great on September 10th, 2001, and then we had uh, September 11th, and uh, so that was a, a really challenging time. And you saw a lot of. You know, a lot of startup companies disappeared. A lot of uh, big agencies that had global operations, they pulled out of Latin America or cut back in Latin America. And, you know, for Jeffrey Group, it was just another great opportunity because for us, Latin America was, you know, 100% of our business. So uh, the more other people stopped paying attention, uh, the more opportunities there were for us to grow. And, uh, you know, that's when our business really started to change because, um, you saw a big focus on 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 these uh, key markets, and a big shift away from the regional headquarters in Miami. So to this day, you know almost all our business is sold in the markets uh, and managed in the markets. I see. So that's, it's that's a whole a different change, model. Right? Huge yeah. change. Huge change. Yeah. yeah. So, Jeff, uh, what about the competition? What is the status of Latin America today in terms of uh, upheavals and and, uh, economy and what have you? And has any of your competition begun to catch up with you at all? Well, I think, you know, you've had uh, a number of very strong local firms in Latin America. I mean, the the PR market is is very robust there and, and very, uh, in, in, in the bigger markets, Argentina, Mexico, and Brazil, very sophisticated. I mean, you have trade publications that have been around for a long time that cover the business. There are industry associations, industry awards. So it, it's, it's not an emerging market by any means in terms of PR. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a fairly sophisticated market, uh, a lot of good, talented people around. And um, I think that there have always been strong local agencies. Some of those strong local agencies have, have been acquired by the bigger agencies, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to that later on in the conversation, uh, as we have now. And, um, but I think, by and large, the, the big agencies have struggled in, in Latin America uh, just because it's, it's a very volatile marketplace. And, you know, like I said, so, you know, they've over the last, you know, uh, year, decades that we've been there, they've had a lot of other major growth areas. If you're a global agency, you know, you had a lot of growth in India, in Asia, in the Middle East, you know, and understandably, these global agencies focused a lot of attention there. There was a lot more potential uh, for international growth there. And again, I think that was our opportunity because while everybody else was busy in China and the Middle East, we were still plugging away in in Latin America. And I think that focus was really important to our success, you know, not trying to be all things to all people, just saying, okay, look, you know, we're not going to be a global agency. Uh, We are going to be the very best that we can be in this one part of the world. Right. And that's what we did. And, And I think that singular focus really helped us. Uh, yeah. a lot in, in our success. 
Well, undoubtedly, you've become an, an expert in Latin America, you know, along the way. Uh, you know, yeah, the yeah, and, and my Spanish has improved a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but good, good. Yeah. Mostly so you in recently, terms of your order. Firm recently got acquired. I, I guess one of my key questions, since I work, you know, obviously my work uh, now, since I sold my public relations firm, you know, has been doing mergers and acquisitions, and I see that your firm was recently acquired. So my question is, what led you to that decision? You were acquired, obviously, by one of the great global public relations firms, uh, Hill & Nolan. Tell us about that. Well, it's, uh, it's fairly recent. As you know, the news was just announced last month. And it was a deal that was probably in the works for almost two years. And I will say that I had been approached, you know, many, many times over the years. I think you and I even had some discussions, Art, maybe 10, quite, 15 years possible. ago. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, people talk to me, honestly, probably from, I don't know, year five of Jeffrey Group, people were, were trying to uh, acquire us. And, uh, you know, it, it never really made sense to me. I was coming at it from a different perspective. Don't forget, uh, I had worked at big global agencies. So a lot of people, when their firms are acquired, they, you know, they started a firm and they're very successful in X country or Y country or certain specific uh, niche. And they get acquired and it's very exciting to be part of a big global agency. I had already spent a good chunk of my career at big global agencies. So I can't say that that was a burning desire for me to go back to yeah, being yeah. part of a, a big global agency. And also, because we were, had this niche we were focused on, we were financing all our growth fine. I mean, we opened all our offices without any outside investment. Uh, you know, we funded that from our operations. So we didn't have any outside investors. We didn't have any debt. And, uh, you know, we were making a, a, a very solid uh uh, we'd built a very solid business out of it that was uh, generating profits year after year. So there wasn't any great urgency to it. And, uh, you know, people were always approaching me and I'd be, you know, I'd go out for lunch or I'd meet them for drinks and I'd, I'd hear the story. And uh, quite honestly, the same firms very often over and over again, as they changed their management, different people would, <laughs> would take me out. So, so I got a lot of lunches out of it. And, um, you know, I was always polite to listen to all the stories, but nothing really seemed to make sense. And then uh, WPP came along, and actually the original inquiry was, was from WPP. And, uh, you know, this one was very, very appealing for a number of reasons. Uh, one was that uh, they were committed to keeping the Jeffrey Group brand, and uh, they were also presenting an opportunity for Brian Burlingame, who's been my business partner, and he actually has been running Jeffrey Group. He's been the CEO of Jeffrey Group since 2015. Uh, and he's worked with me now for 21 years. Uh, and he took over CEO in 2015. At the time, I said, finally, Jeffrey Group has a CEO who's fluent in Spanish and Portuguese. And uh, <laughs> Brian's done a great job. I mean, the business has, has tripled under his his leadership in the last, uh, last seven years. So, uh, Hill and Nolten, um, WPP wanted him to also be uh, CEO of the Hill and Knowlton operation in Latin America. So this really opened up a great growth opportunity for not only for Brian, but for all of our leadership team, all of our senior people, because we were kind of maxed out. I mean, you know, we had a senior leadership team in place. And when people got, had been with us for seven, eight, 10 years, 
there weren't a lot of places for them to move up, you know, and they, and they would, they would leave us to, to go, you know, be head of another agency. So, you know, this presents presented great opportunities for growth for our people. And, um, it also opens up uh, access to all of the, you know, technology and data analysis. All these tools have become much more important to our business. And so it opened us up to the WPP global resources. And, uh, you know, on, there were two very practical aspects to it. Earlier, uh, Art, you remember I mentioned how now we were doing all our billing in Argentina, Mexico, and Brazil. Our uh, accounting had become very, very complex, very complicated. You know, uh, back when everything was in the U.S., it was it was much simpler. So that was a that was a big issue. It was becoming very very expensive for us doing all the accounting and the record keeping uh, for operating in all these foreign uh, jurisdictions. And the other thing, which I think, uh, on a personal note, I just had to be realistic about, is that uh, I'm going to be turning seventy next year. Oh my and, God! Really? Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I say. Oh my God. Uh, and I think it's it's really important. I, I mean, I've always taken as a huge responsibility, you know, these hundreds of people that I, that are working for us at Jeffrey Group. And uh, you know, of course, I had a succession plan in place on on paper, but I think you know, you want Jeffrey Group's been my baby the last thirty years, and. You want to make sure that it's it's going to continue, and uh, you know, I'm, fortunately, I'm in good health. But you know, you want to do these things when you're in a good position, and not when you have to do it. So you know, I, I, the agency had never been in a stronger position. We had a great leadership team. Uh, we were making uh, money. Um, you know, I'm still healthy and active and and uh, ambitious and involved, and. You know what? A, I felt like what a, what better time to do it, especially when WPP had put forth such an appealing uh, proposition. So uh, I, I felt you know it, it, it never felt right before, but this time it came along, and and this just felt right for for all the reasons I mentioned. And uh, I think you know it's really going to be a terrific uh, growth opportunity for both agencies going forward. Jeff, I want to thank you sincerely because you have just made the case for me as to why <laughs> at a certain time in one's life somebody should think about being acquired, and you listed all the benefits of it, so I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, you I'll get a commission on any deals you get in from this. <laughs> yes, you have been my ombudsman unknowingly, but <laughs> I want to change the subject a little bit. Uh, um, you know, I know you have a love of teaching. You've been doing that for a while. Tell us about that, that you know, side of your career. Um, you know, you're, you're, you, you, I believe you continue to teach it at, the NY, at NYU. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm on the faculty of the Management Communication Program at the uh, Stern School of Business at NYU, and I've done that for uh, uh, 15 years now. And uh, it's it's really been great. I, I think I mentioned earlier in our talk that I started working with undergraduates, uh, which was, which I really really enjoyed. But it's a lot more work. <laughs> and uh, and now I uh, last six seven years I've been teaching the MBA program, uh, which is also very rewarding. I, I always tell you know people a lot of people ask me about teaching, and I always say look it's it's going to be uh, twice as much fun as you think. And about ten times more work. 
So I think you have to be realistic. I mean, you know, people think, oh, you're going to go stand in front of the classroom and you're going to tell your stories and uh, your amusing anecdotes and everyone's going to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, that's part of it. I, I admit that. But look, you also have to grade uh, papers and you have to uh, be part of the whole uh, academic bureaucracy, which I'll say is uh, challenging at times. But, um, you know, very, very rewarding. And, and Stern's a great school, uh, attracts great students from all over the world. And, uh, you know, it, it's here in New York City, uh, actually, a a few blocks from where I live, which is a, a big plus. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's really been great for me. I mean, it's been great for me in so many ways. Uh, I, I've actually uh, great networking. Uh, I've gotten clients uh, as a result of my teaching connections there. Uh, I've had many speaking opportunities as a result of that. And um, a lot of the things that I, I've taught uh, particularly in terms of uh, social impact and sustainability, where we're doing a lot of work at CERN. Um, I've used in my in our training programs at Jeffrey Group, I've used them in articles I've written and speeches I've made. So, you know, there's been a lot of crossover between the two. Uh, it, it's, it's really been a, 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 great, uh, a great benefit, I feel like, to my career, to Jeffrey Group, as well as to me personally. What would you say to somebody in your class who's thinking about public relations as a career? You know, you obviously have been in the industry uh, a fair amount of time and uh, have contributed greatly to the, the progress our uh, beloved industry has made. What do you tell people who uh, are thinking about public relations as a career? I think it's, it, you know, I think if anything, I think it's become more exciting career path now that you have, as I said earlier in our talk, uh, I think the focus has shifted so much from tactics and execution to critical thinking, where it's much more highly valued as part of the business process, you know, than it was when people would get called in, you know, kind of at the end and say, okay, put together a news release about this. You know, now the communications people, and uh, I will say it's, in my experience, Art, it's very, very rare that anyone talks about public relations anymore. It's all communications, and uh, the clients we deal with almost never have PR or public relations in their title, uh, almost always communications these days. But I think that the communications has become so key to the success of the business enterprise these days that you see it valued much more highly at, at the companies. I saw a statistic not too long ago that at 50% uh, of the Fortune 500 companies, the chief communications officer, the person with the most senior communications title, uh, reports directly to the CEO. So I think that shows just how critical communications is now to the uh, success of most businesses. Well, Jeff, you have been in the world of public relations and the agency world for a number of years. You've seen it go from, from faxes uh, to the Internet. <laughs> You've seen, obviously, uh, social media. You've seen, you know, online marketing and all of those things that have taken place during the course of both our careers. What is it, what's your view of the uh, uh, PR agency world these days, and where do you think it is in contemporary life? And as a follow-up, what else do you think it needs to do? Well, I, I think very few people have a good understanding of what we do, and 
I'll include my mom in that category who's been trying <laughs> to understand it for the for the past 30 years, what, what my job entails. But, you know, I, I think art, you know, I look, as you mentioned, you know, there were fax machines. Uh, when I first started, I was in the radio TV film department because we used to do a lot of our, our work on, on film. This was before video became commonplace. So I, I think the business has evolved, you know, tremendously, uh, probably no more so than in 2007 when Steve Jobs showed off the first iPhone. But, you know, this evolution is something that's been going on constantly, you know, in the business. And I think the one thing that hasn't changed is is some of the basics in terms of how we approach, you know, client programs, you know, this the thinking that goes into these programs, understanding the audience and their concerns, uh, identifying the intent, you know, being clear about what the messaging is. All those things don't really, all that thinking part of it doesn't really matter on the, on the thing at the end point, you know, whether it's digital or a news release or an event, you know, it's that, that upfront thinking that I think is the most valuable thing that any agency can provide to a client. And that's still important and will continue to be important. It was important 30 years ago and it'll be important 30 years from now, even though we'll probably be using much different technology than we we can even envision today. So I think that's not going to change. And, you know, the importance of effective communications to the success of the business enterprise is only going to be more and more critical because you see more and more consolidation where you see these huge companies um, that are, you know, taking over huge aspects of our life. You know, Amazon just announced they're getting into the healthcare business. And I think we're going to see more and more of that where, you know, there's going to be these very few dominant companies. And what that's going to mean is that companies are further and further from the end user, which is only going to drive the need for more communications and better communications and more effective communications. Very, very interesting. Jeff, I got one final question for you today, and I thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your knowledge. You've been a great guest. My final question to you today is, where do you see Jeffrey Sharlike in the years ahead? Well, I'm still involved as chairman of Jeffrey Group. In addition to continuing to teach at, at NYU, I uh, am very involved with our training programs at, at Jeffrey Group. So we slowed down a little bit during the pandemic, but uh, we, we've started to resume those, and I'm going to be getting back to doing that. And I, I, that's been very gratifying to me, not only for the teaching, but also in our our own, uh, that's kind of what I've been focused on the last few years at, at Jeffrey Group since I, I stepped down as, as CEO, is our training and professional development programs. And, and that's been very, very satisfying, you know, to pass along uh, what I've learned. And at Jeffrey Group, we have a whole way of working we call the Jeffrey Group way. And you know, we spent a lot of time teaching people about that and helping them understand it and putting it into action. And it's, it's what we think makes us different from other agencies, and I think clients appreciate that as well. And that, for me personally, that's just been very gratifying is, you know, sharing what I've learned and passing down that knowledge to, you know, the next generation that, that's coming along and watching as, I, I think as a, a founder of a business, it's been one of the greatest things for me is 
you know, being able to step down as a CEO and have this business of hundreds of people uh, continue and continue to flourish and continue to be successful uh, without me involved. And for years and years, I was saying, you know, it's not about Jeffrey anymore. It's all about the group. And, uh, you know, I think that's more true today than, than ever. We have a really strong leadership team in all these different countries. And, you know, the company continues with the same values, I hope, and the same way of doing things and working with clients successfully, but it's not dependent on, you know, me as, as the founder. And I think for any founder, that's a very, very gratifying outcome to starting a business. Well said, well said. Jeff Charlack, I wish you at least another 30 years of continuing success and continuing contributions to the public relations industry. If you can surpass what you have done these past 30 years, then not only are you a PR master, but you're, you're a PR wizard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, thank All you right. so much. Thank you so much on behalf of our PR Masters podcast listeners. Thanks for sharing today. I appreciate your, your candor, your directness, and your eloquence. You are indeed a PR master. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Art, for having me. I enjoyed it. And thank you all for joining us today. I'm Art Stevens, your host. I'm managing partner of the Stevens Group, and I'm signing off. So we will see you soon with the next PR Masters podcast. Until then, take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.